You're listening to a podcast of New Covenant Church. Join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in Pompano. We are in Proverbs. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 1 again. Uh, this is where we're going to be hanging out for a while. The next, uh, not just Proverbs 1, but we are going to be in the book of Proverbs for the next few months. And uh, if you're wanting to follow along, we will, of course, have the scripture on the screen, whether you're home or here. And if you're looking for the book of Proverbs, it is right in the middle of the Bible. So if you kind of, if you took a guess and opened up in the middle, you'd be close probably to Proverbs. If you're in the Psalms, you're just going to go to the right a little bit and you will be there. So we are going to be in Proverbs chapter one. We're going to read verses one through seven and hear what God would have for us this morning. Proverbs one. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for already the time spent together singing, worshiping. Thank you for all that you're doing in this church. Thank you for my friends who are sitting here with us, those who are sitting at home watching. Help us, God, to learn from you, to grow from you to love you more, to love one another more. I pray that we would be changed today by the power of your spirit through the the preaching of your word, that we would grow, that we would be different. We need you, God. We need you in our world. We need you in our state, our city, in this church. Move in power among us, God. We pray in Christ's name, amen, amen. Well, happy Father's Day. It is, uh, it, it's, it's great to be able to celebrate Father's Day. And, you know, there is, this, there is this category of humor that has probably always been there, but it's, it's gained popularity, especially online and social media. Um, it, it's, it's, become, it's come to be known as dad jokes. You familiar with dad jokes? Dad jokes are a category of, of jokes that are typically told by middle-aged men. <laughs> um, and they are, the jokes are, tend to be very corny. Uh, they might make you smile in pity or in, because it makes you giggle a little bit. Uh, definitely cringe-worthy. Uh, and generally, you know, they're, they're, they often revolve around puns, and they're just rough, right? And there's some in here probably who are like kings of dad jokes. There's some people online who are just kings of dad jokes, and they, they can be pretty rough. But it's Father's Day, so let's look at some dad jokes. This is what we're talking about when we talk about dad jokes. So what do you get from a pampered cow? Spoiled milk. This is where you laugh and or cringe. Let's go. I'm going to do a couple more here. Uh, I'm reading a book about anti-gravity. It's impossible to put down. <laughs> Did you hear about the guy who invented the knock-knock joke? He won the Nobel Prize. 
they're, they're, you're getting it. You're starting to, to, to get into the, the spirit. This I love. My wife is really mad at the fact that I have no sense of direction, so I packed up my stuff and right. Instead of left, get it right, no direction, come on. And this one, good philosophical joke. I ordered a chicken and an egg online. I'll let you know. Chicken and egg, what comes first? See, that's, this is the reaction you get from dad jokes. Dad jokes are what they are, and they're funny. Father's Day, dad jokes. I mean, th- this, is a, this is a day to celebrate dad's... Um, for some, this, this is a great day. Uh, for myself, you know, I, I, I am a dad of three, daughter, two sons. I am counted one of the greatest privileges of my life to be a father, to be a dad, to, to be around. Um, and at the same time, I know that this day is not great for everyone. Uh, it's not the best day for everyone. Some have are experiencing loss today. They're, re- they're realizing loss. Some, some have lost a father. Some never knew their father. Some have been abandoned by their father, abused by their father, disappointed in some way by their father. Some in here are fathers, uh, but have suffered loss as a father. You've lost a child. You are alienated from your children. Maybe some have always wanted to be a father and have not been able to. And I get that. And even, even as I talk about the, the joys of being a dad, I also uh, have experienced loss as a son and uh, lost my dad when I was young. And that absence has absolutely impacted my life, even, even to this day. Those things don't just go away. And so we don't want to be, I don't want to be insensitive during this day, during this time for this day but the realities of fatherhood are real for both the positive and the negative. It's estimated there are somewhere around 30 million children in our country who will grow up without a father. That's almost around one in three. And the the statistics and the research that existed to talk about the effect that that has on the the upcoming generations, it's huge. And and there might be those in our world that try to downplay the importance of fatherhood or being a father or the need for fathers. And it's just, I believe with all my heart that those are not true, that fatherhood is an important part of our society and our need for children. And, and you don't have to be the actual biological father. We know that there are stepfathers and foster fathers and stand-in fathers and spiritual fathers and uncles. And I mean, we, we can step into those roles without having biological children. But the reality is that the links without fathers, the links to behavioral issues, economic issues, health issues, spiritual issues, mental health issues, education. It is a problem. It's a problem in our country. It's a problem in our world. We need fathers. We need fathers to teach young men to grow up to be old men and tell dad jokes. And we need fathers to cherish and nurture and love their daughters to help them grow into young women who, who, who understand their value and their significance and their worth, their strength. 
What we're needing is not for fathers to just be perfect and to, to exist in this world. Uh, to, to, they're not the answer to all of life's problems, but I'll tell you what we need are fathers to understand that their role is a, an extension, a representation of the Father, God the Father, who is the more than just the example. He is fatherhood. He, he, we're told, all of us, that we, we see God as father in our life, and, and that is not something that just can be cast aside and, say, and, and, and to make us think, well, we don't need that in our life. No, we need that, and the role is huge. And so today is not, it's not just about talking about dads and, and fathers and you know, not alienating the women in this room or, or who are watching. This is for all of us, because what we're doing is we are, we are talking about wisdom. You know, in order to fix the problems in our world, in order to live well, in order to do this fathering thing or mothering thing, <laughs> we need wisdom. And that's why we're talking about wisdom for the next couple months. We need wisdom to help us navigate this life, to not just wander around hoping we're just going to figure it out, but to be intentional on how we live, how we live in the middle of the craziness of life. Life's crazy. Right now, it's crazy. It's always crazy. It just seems a little extra crazy right now. It's a lot of crazy. And we don't just want to get by. We don't just want to drift. We want to be at the front. We want to be leading. That's what we're going to talk about because, look, to get back to dads, if you are a dad or a dad figure, a father figure of any sort, you are called to lead. And really, by the end, I mean, I'm I'm going to make the case that all of us not just dads, are called to lead. And so as we are flooded with information, with noise that keeps coming at us, I mean, that's, that's the series. We're, we're talking about through the noise, how can we hear the voice of God through all the, the screaming, the shouting, the yelling? And I don't mean that in literal. I mean just all the information. Life is fast. It's chaotic. It's crazy. There's so much hitting us at once all the time. It's noise, and to filter through the noise to hear the voice of God, to live in a way that honors God and makes us useful to the world around us, loving to the people around us, filtering through all of that, that's where wisdom comes in. And we want to not just skate by through it all. We want to lead. We want to be at the front and lead through the noise. That image in, in Proverbs 1, 20 and 21, we talked about this last week, this image of wisdom crying out in the streets. It says, wisdom cries loud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. And hopefully, you recognize, recognize the importance here. And it's probably not lost on us that wisdom is personified as a woman. That's pretty great. You should, we should all 
celebrate that. And as, as, as we, even we talk about dads, we're hearing like, yeah, this is good. Maybe we need to listen to our wives more. We need to listen to the voice of wisdom as it's, as it's, as it's crying out in the streets, that, that, that it's there. It's, it's wanting us to pay attention, that there is wisdom to be found, and Proverbs is a place where we can find that wisdom. We said it last week that the book of Proverbs is like a coach. A coach, someone that steers and encourages and directs and guides and warns. That's what coaches do. It coaches us through the, the gaps of life, how to navigate this life, especially in those areas where there aren't clear, defined rules. Right? There are just stuff that is not clearly laid out in the Bible for us. Those are the gaps of life. Where do I go to school? Who do I marry? What do I spend my money on? Those are the Those are those areas of life where we need wisdom to coach us, to steer us in the right direction, because that's that's what we need. And so when we look at the book of Proverbs, we see this this wisdom literature. That's That's the type of writing it is. It's wisdom literature. And so it's written in the form of poetry. It's not meant to be this textbook where we go, okay, if I want to know who to marry, I go here, this verse, this chapter, and it'll tell me what to do. No, no, no. It 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 shapes how we think about those things. And Proverbs isn't the only place we go for wisdom literature. We see it in the Old Testament with um, Ecclesiastes. We we see it uh, in the New Testament with the book of James. The book of James would be a a New Testament version of of wisdom literature, a little bit different. but, But where we are in Proverbs, this type of wisdom literature, we need to think in terms of principles, not promises, Principles, not promises. The principles of how we live life, but not clearly defined, well, if you do this, then this is absolutely what will happen. It steers our life, but it's not guarantees. And that's helpful as we read all throughout the book of Proverbs. And the way Proverbs is structured is you, we have these first nine chapters. The nine chapters at the beginning kind of set the stage. It's, it's written with a purpose. Let me tell you about what you're about to read. <laughs> and then it Chapter 10, you see at the top, it'll say the Proverbs of Solomon. And then you just get these like verse after verse after verse that are almost exclusively standalone little texts. Those are the Proverbs. And that word, proverb, it's an important word because that's what the whole book is. And a proverb isn't, isn't strictly confined to what we see in the Bible. That word proverb is is a saying. It's short, punctuated, intense sayings that that help guide life. And that word actually is a, um, it means to represent or to be like. And so proverbs, a proverb is this little model of reality. That's what proverbs are. Short, insightful sentences that are these, these micro- realities for us. It's a picture on how to see life and then go and live that way. And so, yeah, it teaches us how we're to live. It, 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 it's given to us so that we would learn. And we like to say things like, 
Well, live and learn, right? Live and learn, live and learn. It means, yeah, I'm going to go through life. I'm going to make mistakes, and then I'm going to learn from those mistakes, and I'm going I'm to move past that. But th- that's fine, and that's going to happen. And I'm not saying that that's invalid, but the, God comes to us and says, no, learn and live. Learn and live. Get trained. Understand what life is to be like, and then go take that and put it into practice. And so, of course, we're going to get through life, and, you know, we touch the hot stove, and we're like, ah, I'll never do that again, or at least I'll be more careful. The Bible comes and says, well, I'm going to actually tell you, the stove's hot. Don't touch it. Now you can do with what you do with that what you want. And what I want to help us see is that even though this was written long before Jesus comes, that there is, a, there is a strong gospel connection when we read the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is, is Jesus coming to us as our counselor. Right? We learn in the New Testament that Jesus is, is the word made flesh. He is God's word come to us in the form of a human. And so the book of Proverbs is Jesus coming to us. And Jesus, when we look at his teachings, he actually defined the gospel as a call to wisdom. He defined the gospel as a call to wisdom because at the end of his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, he finishes with this picture Someone who builds their house. Matthew 7, 24, look what he says. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like what? Wise man who built his house on the rock. And then the other side of that, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a what? Foolish man who built his house on the sand. Do you see that? When we sang about it this morning, I will build my life on the rock, on the foundation of God and his word. And so we, we see this, this two paths given throughout the scriptures, especially in Proverbs. We're going to see this over and over again in Proverbs. Two ways to live, the wise and the fool. The wise and the fool. The wise person builds their house on the foundation of God, on his word, and it is firm and it is solid. It is a rock. And the fool will always deny God, deny his existence, and build the house on things that will not stand and crumble at the first sight of trouble. And that is the fool. And so every day we are confronted It's a decision with a path. Wise, fool. Wise, fool. And that's going to come up over and over again for us. Proverbs is here to help us become wise and to avoid becoming a fool, to show the beauty of wisdom and the destruction of foolishness. And the question for us is, Who do you want to be? We're going to talk about how to to figure that out. Hopefully you want to be wise, but we need help in understanding what wisdom is. And so what we get at the beginning of Proverbs in these seven verses, specifically right away in verse 2, is 
Solomon lays out the goals for the book. What are the goals set up and set out for us? What are the goals that we are looking for? We get two goals. And this is crucial for all of us. It helps us to know how we're going to process as we read the book of Proverbs. And I think this is so important as we think about leading, leading through the noise, as we think about fathers and dads and how you are called to lead specifically in your families and in this world. But all for all of us, we get these two goals right away, and they revolve around character and they revolve around clarity, character and clarity. Character and clarity. See, character we think about in terms of who we are, clarity in terms of how we think. And those two flow from us and need to be built and developed in us, and we can build that through the book of Proverbs. And so I just wanna, I wanna talk about what those look like and then how we can help develop them in our lives. This is how we will grow in wisdom, how we will lead through the craziness of life, through the noise. So character, when we start talking about character, the, the first big major goal for the book of Proverbs is that God wants us to develop deep, godly character. We see it in, in verse 2a, to know wisdom and instruction, to know wisdom and instruction. Character, if we think of character in terms of the, who you are at your very core, all the things that make you, you. <laughs> the, the beliefs you hold on to that are near and dear to your heart, that is character. And he wants us to know, he wants us to form inside of us that very deep, close to our heart. The most important thing is to build wisdom. To know wisdom and instruction, not just be familiar with it, not just to have an intellectual agreement with it, but for it to be such a part of our being. See, that's what knowing is in the Bible. When Bible talks, especially when God talks about, I want you to know this, I want you to know me. He's not saying, I just want you to have an understanding in me. He says, no, it, it, it's an intimate knowing. It's an intimate expression of, of, of unity. So when he says, I want you to know wisdom, he's saying, I want it to be absolutely down to your core. And when we talk about what wisdom is, wisdom, something I have, a phrase I've used over the years when trying to define wisdom is this. Wisdom is, is skillful living. Skillful living. It's, it's taking the knowledge that we have, the information that we have, and applying it in a skillful, God-honoring, faith-saturated way. It, you think about a doctor, a surgeon, who comes in with this instrument, this scalpel that can go right to the, to, the, to the need. He doesn't come in with an ax and say, like, I'm just going to cut you open and we're going to, you know, it's going to be a mess. No, he comes in with precision and it will, with skill, with focus, deal with the problem that needs to be dealt with. That's us. It's what we need. Wisdom is more than intelligence. It's more than knowledge. It's more than morality. Those things are good. But without wisdom, they can be problematic. See, we, we tend to think of wisdom as this extra add-on to life. We, we pursue so many other things so hard. We pursue love, money, power, fame, even truth. And none of those things are bad in and of themselves, but if we keep wisdom away from it, 
we don't, without wisdom, those things will hurt ourselves and will hurt other people. It's life and death. The presence or absence of wisdom in us is life and death. Look at Proverbs 13, 4. It says the, the teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Do you see that picture? Again, this is the principle of wisdom throughout Proverbs. Wisdom is this fountain of life. If we go after it, we drink of it, we, we, are, we are filled with life, but it, and it keeps us from turning into destruction. It keeps us turning away from destruction. Wisdom is the way to turn from death. And it may not be physical death. In fact, most likely for us, it's not physical death. But when we are unwise, it leads to other kinds of death. What are other kinds of death? Relational death. Marital death. Financial death. Emotional death. Do you see it around us right now? Do you see the, the, the different kinds of deaths that are, that are existing, that are coming at us, that we're seeing a relational death because people are, are unwise in what they are doing, what they are saying, what they are thinking. We need wisdom to fight through, to filter through, to lead through all the stuff that is coming at us. And the challenge with, with any of it is it, it, it's only put into practice when we are confronted with something we don't like. It's easy to make good decisions or it's easier to make good decisions to, to flow with the right thing when it's all just kind of going our way. But when we are confronted with something that is challenging or rubs against our something we believe to be true, man, now the challenge comes, okay, how am I going to process this? We're going to talk about that in a minute. And one question that we have to answer and wrestle with and think through is, if wisdom is so beautiful and so wonderful and important and necessary and desirable, why don't we see more of it? Why do people not run towards it and just Say, I, I want to be wise. I need help. I want, and I'll tell you why. Because at the, that, that next word that comes after wisdom there in verse 2a, when he says to know wisdom and instruction, that's where we start to lose. That's where we start to, to check out because we don't like instruction. We start talking about instruction. We think about school. We think about discipline. Actually, that word, a better translation for that word instruction would be, more literal would be discipline, to know wisdom and instruction, wisdom and discipline. See, we talked about this last week. We are not born wise. We're not born to, to just grow in wisdom. It takes time. It takes work. It is a process. It takes discipline, and not just discipline to be well-behaved, to be moral, to do what's right. That, that's not what we're talking about. It's discipline that instructs us towards wisdom. Discipline that teaches us in wisdom on how to be wise. It's character. It, it's, we're learning how to, to grow in character, how to develop character, instruction that will, will build the character that we need so deeply. This is what we want, right? It's what we want for ourselves. It's what we want for our kids. 
We want character to develop. We want to instruct. And every child fights against instruction and discipline and teaching. It's just how we're built. But we don't stop, and we keep pushing for that more and more in our kids' lives, and we need to be doing that in our own lives as adults because here's how it goes. As we develop character, it is going to impact the way that we think and the way that we see the world, and that's what we're talking about, clarity. That's the second goal. First goal is character. God wants to build deep character, godly character in us, but he's also wanting to develop clarity for us, how we think, how we see the world, and we see that in in the second part of verse 2 to understand words of insight, to understand words of insight. Character formation is going to impact the way that we think, how we see the world. That, that phrase, understanding insight, this is what it means. Similar to what we talked about last week with the glasses, it's, it's taking what is blurry and bringing it into focus. Someone who has insight sees clearly. They, they can see what's not obvious to others. It's, it's obvious to them. This is huge. That's clarity. To be able to look at a situation and go, oh, oh, oh I, I see that. I, I understand how to move through that. That's hard. Seeing clearly even right now, is so hard. We think we see a path forward, we see a direction, and there's just so much complication and, and complexity to the world around us that we, we need this so much right now. Let me tell you, you, you want great relationships in your life? Then get this to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. You want a great marriage? Then you, you need to get this. We need to get this because it's, it impacts how we respond to the things that are coming at us. And so I'll just take, look, you want to be a great dad. You want to be a great husband, wife. You want to be great in life with other people. This is essential because here's what happens in a marriage your spouse will come to you and say, look, I don't think you, I don't feel that you love me. Your spouse comes to you and says, I'm hurting. I don't feel loved by you. Dads, your kids come to you and say, dad, I, I, I I don't feel love from you. This is a moment where this gets put into practice and it's, it's the wise and fool moment. What does wisdom say? What does foolishness say? I'm gonna tell you what foolishness says. The spouse comes to you and says, I'm hurting. I don't feel like you love me. And you say, you throw data back at them. That's foolishness. Well, honey, I, let me tell you all the things that I've done for you. Let me tell you why you, you should never feel this way. I gave you flowers last month. Um, I, I said hello to you this morning. Uh, I gave you... Uh, it's foolishness. When someone comes to you hurting, when someone comes to you crying, when someone comes to you and says, look, I think you have done this to me, 
whether they're wrong or right, in the moment, wisdom says, I am going to know wisdom and instruction. I am going to un- understand words of insight. And I'm going to say, whoa, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how this has happened, but I, I, I love you and I want to talk about this and I want to understand what you're saying. I want to seek understanding. The way of wisdom, the way of the fool, everything the fool might say is true, maybe is true. It's the wrong way to handle the, to, to, to get through the noise. It's the wrong way to lead through the noise. And so this is, a, this is something for us as parents, as coworkers, as children, as spouses. We have a responsibility to hear what other people are saying and to not act in superiority, but to come in humility and say, man, I am sure I have blind spots and I want to see those. Help me to see those. And I'm going to tell you what, it would do us well in the current climate of our nation, of our world, whether it's issues of disease and pandemic, whether it's the issues of injustice, of racism, of things that are happening all around us for us to take a posture that would seek to understand and serve rather than come back hard with Foolishness. And I know it's super hard. It's uncomfortable. It's, this is how we build our house on the rock. This is how we fight for wisdom in our lives. It is so hard and challenging. It is never simple way forward. Why? Because it's noise. There's so much noise, and, and we are caught up in so much of our own desires and the way that we've been raised and the way that we want to be or we don't want to be, how we've been treated in the past, it just impacts everything. And we have to come to some place of saying, I am, I am affected by the life that's led me to this point. And maybe I'm off, maybe I'm blind, maybe I need to take a step back. You want healthy marriages, you want healthy relationships, this is huge. You want to be a parent that raises children who will grow into that? I can't tell you how many times I have to apologize to my children. And I probably don't do it enough. And some people might think, well, no, you're the parent, you know, you don't, you don't ever have to apologize to your kids. No, that, that's foolishness. When I sin against them, when I don't understand, I have a, they're great. I have a teenage daughter. I don't know what it's like to be a 13-year-old girl. My wife has a little bit better understanding. So sometimes she will come to me and say, Adam, what you just did there, you're an idiot. She doesn't say idiot. Nikki, if you know Nikki, she would not do that. But that's how I filter it. Like, hey, Adam. Father, pastor, Christian man, what you're doing is foolish. And I wish every time I could say like, oh, yes, tell me more, honey. I just want to grow. No, I come back with, what are you talking about? I know what I'm doing. I know. I, look at what I've done. I come back with data and uh, it's foolish. 
And it takes people around you to say, stop. Hear something that maybe you're not seeing. How do we get there? How do we get there? How do we get to these goals? How do we develop character and clarity? All right, we have the goals before us. What do we do to get there? How do we develop wisdom so that it saturates us, so that we know it at our very core and we think it every time we enter a situation? Well, I think verse five helps us. Let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. Real simple. Listen and learn. Listen and learn. Listen and learn. Listen and learn. Just repeat it to yourself. Oh, say, listen and learn. Say it. Was that harsh? Was that like, say it. Listen and learn. Look. It's growth. It's, it's something that never stops. We want to continue to increase. We want to listen and increase in learning. I mean, and, and look at who he's talking to. He's not saying, hey, fools, listen and learn. No, he's actually saying, hey, wise people, listen and learn. Do you really want to be known as wise? Then you will listen and learn. It's one of the characteristics of the wise. They are always growing, always trying to increase their wisdom. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. Look, listen Oh, man, do we need this, right? We, we need this so much. We need to hear. That's what he says. Let the wise hear. It really means not just hear. We hear a lot. Listen. Listen through all of it as, <laughs> as we hear everything. I was just talking about it with one of my friends here before service. With masks on right now, I, I told you, my ears are like, they're, they're all over the place. A lot of years of music and you know, other things that have happened. Background noise, when there's a lot of noise happening, and then you're trying to talk to me through a mask, I'm just going, I, I, I don't know what you're saying. I can't. And I, I just, I'm like, huh? What? What, do, what? It's really hard. Well, I can hear you, but I can't listen to what you're saying. We need to listen. It says, listen. You want to be wise. You want to develop wisdom. Then listen. What does it take to Listen. It takes, it's not complicated, but it takes everything in us. We need to get quiet. We need to turn down the noise around and, and focus in. It takes looking. It takes understanding, like really trying to, 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 to not just hear that there's noise coming out, but listen to actual things that are coming out of the person or the situation. That's what we are to do. You want to develop character. You want to develop clarity. We need to listen more. We need to turn down the noise. We need to turn down the mouth. And we need to open our ears so that we can hear what's going on. And unfortunately, this is just not, we're not great at this. Because we want to get, we don't want to listen. We want to, we want to speak. We want to get our opinion out. We want to get our words out. And, and sometimes we're just waiting for the person to stop talking so that we can give our opinion back. We're not soaking it in. We're not soaking it up. We are just, and it doesn't have to be face-to-face, -face, right? It's actually worse 
on the keyboard, on the phone, when we're, when we're posting things, when we're saying things, we're tweeting things, we're, we're putting on our Insta story, we're doing all of this stuff. It's a lot of talking, very little listening, and we are more unwise because of it. We need to listen more and we need to learn. We need to learn. We need to keep learning. Some of us just stop learning. We, we get to a point, we're like, yeah, I graduated high school, I'm done, that's good. I've learned all I needed to learn. Or maybe you've gone to college or maybe you've got a master's degree or you have a PhD, it doesn't matter. See, the wise never stop learning. They're constantly wanting to grow and grow and grow and learn more. And, and, and we forget often that learning takes time. It's a process. It takes work. It takes instruction. It takes discipline. And so what do you need? What do we need to be good learners? We, <laughs> we need to be hungry for information. We need to be hungry to say, I want to learn. We also need to be humble to say, I don't know everything. And I don't care if you're 20, I don't care if you're 80 in this room, God is continuing to want to teach you, to grow you, to help you learn more and more and more. We need to be reading. We need to be asking questions. We need to seek understanding. And that takes, that's why listening and learning go hand in hand. Let me ask you, are you still wanting to learn? Or do you have it all figured out? It's real. Because the Bible and God, he doesn't give us the option to turn it off and say, you've made it. Smart guy, you're there. No, he says, keep learning, learning. And I do want to add one more. It's not from the text, but it's part of just the theme we want to listen, we want to learn, and then we lead. We lead, all of us. Dads, yes. Moms, yes. Brothers and sisters in Christ, yes. We are, once we've listened and learned, we are going to go and lead. We're going to do something. We're going to take ownership. And you're like, well, Adam, I don't, I'm not a leader. I've never been a good leader. It's, that's not it. You have the wrong definition of leader. See, a leader is someone who influences Everyone in some way, shape, or form is an influencer in your spheres of influence, in your spheres of life, whether it's at work, whether it's in family, whether it's here at church, whether it's in government, it doesn't matter. We all are called to lead in one way, shape, or form. And so don't run from that, run into it, lean into it and see you are an influencer and wisdom is going to make you an excellent influencer. Foolishness is going to bring destruction. I know the noise is loud. There's so much happening. Let me tell you what, grab wisdom and use it to lead and influence the world around you. God's gonna use you powerfully. If you would hear this, and as we go through this series in wisdom, you are gonna start, you will be able to filter through the noise, to hear the voice of God and to take it and say, okay, now guys, let's come with me. Come with me. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to imper- I'm going to stumble. I'm going to fall through it, but I am going to try and help bring wisdom to the world around us because it is so desperately needed for all of us. And I would say this for dads, future dads, current dads, 
submit your life to God. In verse seven in our section here, it says, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear God, fear him, not in the sense of, oh no, don't hurt me. No, respect, put, put your life under him. Submit to his, to his rule, to his wisdom. Look to Jesus. Put your faith in him. It's going to be super uncomfortable. It's going to hurt. It's going to rub against everything that's in you. But God is wanting to do this. Do you want to be wise? Then humble yourself before the foot of Jesus. Humble yourself before the cross. Ray Ortland, he's a pastor. He's a, he's a writer. He, he writes this. If you'd like to experience God with that humility, here's how you can. You look at the cross, you see a wise man hanging there, dying in the place of fools like you, because he loves you. You may despise him, but he does not despise you. You may be above, you may be above him, but he humbled himself for you. Look there at him, look away from yourself, look at him and keep looking until your pride melts. You will not only worship, you will begin to grow. Wise, take that, hold on to that, all of us. God's gonna do some amazing things through you, through us, for his glory and our good. Let's pray. God, we need you. We need your wisdom. We need your life. We need all that you have for us, Lord. We are fumbling our way through this life. There are so many gaps. There's so much that we don't know, we don't understand. But Lord, you, you give us the, the opportunity, the gift of wisdom that it's there. It's crying in the streets, over the noise, in the noise, saying, I'm here, come, find me, grab me, turn this way. And I pray, Lord, we would turn towards you. We would turn towards wisdom and we would see the need more than ever. Thank you that it's there for us. Thank you for being patient with us in our foolishness. Help us turn to you for life. It's in Jesus' name we pray.